What is up, everybody? I am your longest reigning current WWE pay-per-view champion, the hot commodity, the one you all came to see, the one only, Aunt C. And I'm joined by my good friend and co-host. Introduce yourself, my friend. Well, it's Tyler Peters, uh, one of the greatest ever to join the uh, one of the, the greatest champions, even though I'm going to take the title from him eventually. He's shining that thing up just in time for me to take it from him. But Aunt, how are you doing? My Italian stallion friend from up in Connecticut, and I'm from Tennessee, and my location's disclosed because <laughs> I don't want you all to know where I live. It's going to be creepy. But how are you? I'm doing all right. I'm, uh, you know, surviving. Winter was like nothing, so that's good. Well, well, that's good, uh, and I'm glad it, the winter was not harsh. Uh, we've had some high winds, uh, some adventurous weather down south, I'll tell you. Yeah, for us, we've had, like, I mean, it's been kind of windy, but it really hasn't been anything bad. I need a haircut, fun fact, and hopefully. I, I don't need a haircut either. I, I mean, some people say I do. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm touring with an 80s tribute band, and uh, the problem is I can't well, get my hairstyle. Yeah, I, I can't get it to uh, grow along the other way. Yeah, well, I've got gel in it. I've, uh, I've got some styling gel, so I'm cheated. I didn't. Uh, I woke up. If I, I had the bed hair, it would be a, a bad gimmick. He's like, I actually got myself together for this podcast. Aunt, what are you doing? Now, I'll tell you, I, I did get myself together. What happened is, uh, I got so excited, the microphone got unplugged. So that's why I'm I know. I, I was waiting. I was like, "Ooh, okay." Yeah, no, I. Th that's me. I'm, I'm clumsy, and uh, th that's just part of this. Uh, the, the spontaneity, the dangerous feel of this program. Who knows? I mean, anything can happen. I, that's why I'm excited. Anything. Um. So yeah. So you are checking out. Thank you. We're the Uncensored Processing Podcast, and you're checking out the Attitude Years. And today's episode, excuse me, as I burp into the microphone, today's episode is WWF Fully Loaded in Your House, coming to you live from Fresno, California, and with every pay-per-view episode that Tyler and myself cover, we'll be breaking down the pop culture moments, music, movies from July 1998, as you know this movie takes place then, yeah, so... We're going to get to that in a little bit, but let's start off with the opening moments from the show. Jerry the King Lawler is all of us, and he's backstage inside Sable's dressing room. And uh, Sable's like, a picture is worth a thousand words. Do you want a preview? Sable takes off her shirt and asks Jerry Lawler if he wants a peek. Now, remember, Sable is behind this, like... Um, what would you call it? Like it's like a like a dressing room thing. It kind like of reminds like you a... of an episode of Seinfeld, but yeah, exactly. Yeah, ex I hate you. The the yes, yeah, okay. where where Sable is just giving him a tease, and and this is Pete Jerry the King Lawler. It was the sexual undertones that became integral part of the WWF at the time, and I everybody wanted to be the king. They're like, oh sure, you're going to give me a sneak peek. I'll uh, forget the curtain. I'm, I'm here. Yeah, so she's so she's pretty much yeah, like behind a curtain. She's showing off her body, and this is just for fans to get ready for uh, the bikini contest coming later on. Oh, we're we're ready. Like Jerry Lawler, man. Yeah, I mean, hey, the king ruled not just in Memphis here in my home state of Tennessee, but throughout the the Attitude years, he he was great. It was a classic nostalgia, and we we are all here for it. He was awesome. Well. 
I'm here for this match. We have Val Venus taking on Double J. Jeff Jarrett with Tennessee Lee and Southern Justice by Jarrett's side. Um, before the match starts, the referee kicks out Southern Justice, and then Kai and Ty um, walk out, and then they have to leave. However, Yamaguchi-san is able to stay out on commentary during this match. We know that Val Venus has, you know, made some flirtatious... Uh, ways towards Yamaguchi-san's wife, and Kaitai's not happy about it, so they have to go. No, no they're not, but, and uh, obviously, uh, Yamaguchi-san's wife wanted to unplug the mic again. I don't know what's happening. Uh, there's no weather. I guess Sable's got me all bothered and, and messed up mm-hmm. here, and Jerry the King Lawler, but I, I was respecting your conversation, but desperate times call for desperate measures. I'm overanalyzing things, but yeah, Kaitai, they're, they're always problems. They're trouble. I can't stand it. What are they doing interfering, getting involved with Val Venus? Where were you? I'm, I'm jumping in here. Oh, no, we were talking about that exactly right part where I am. Like, just Kai and Ty coming out. They're going to keep an eye on Val. The match starts between Val and Jeff. Here are just some quick notes on this one. Val hot shots Jeff into the ropes and gets a two count. Uh, Val nails a Russian leg sweep. Jarrett nails a DDT, and he locks in a sleeper hold. Val's able to lock in a sleeper of his own. Val nails a belly-to-belly suplex and an atomic drop and a fisherman suplex and gets a two. Um, Jarrett then nails a superplex and Val is able to roll up Jarrett and gets a two count. The end comes after Val runs Jarrett into Tennessee Lee and rolls up Jeff Jarrett. After the match, uh, Yamaguchi-san says, after tomorrow, Val will never be the same again. And then Val Venus tells Yamaguchi-san that his wife was right, that he doesn't measure up. So That was harsh. I mean, that was yeah, harsh. Yeah. Val Venus, I, you know, I'm a shorter person too, but it was funny. I was. Oh, laughing. my God. I can't. That, that, I mean, he's great with the one-liners. Val Venus messed his calling with comedy. Uh, I've, I've already messed it, apparently. But I'll tell you, what a great match. Double J, Jeff Jarrett, one of Tennessee's own. Uh, he embodies this character. Tennessee Lee interrupts. He, he's he's the greatest promoter other than Vince McMahon. I mean, give it up for Tennessee Lee and Yamaguchi's son on commentary was interesting. I thought Ant, both men worked together cohesively in executing the story of the bout. Jarrett set the tone early. And man, Venus controlled the cadence, but Double J led, I'm assuming. And and both these guys are so in ring. Their their depth is off the charts. Simply fantastic individually laying out the groundwork concerning the layers that involve this uh, awesome story. Yeah, I agree. I think um, these two guys for like mid-card guys put on a really good match, and Val Venus just keeps showing off his impressive ability. I am excited to see what's next between Yamaguchi-san and Val. Um, I am too. Because, but for a match, really didn't have any build-up. It was a decent match that opened the pay-per-view. It didn't have much of a build-up. So, and that's what's impressive. These guys pulled it off because I think they're trustworthy. Both these guys are are just phenomenal workers. When speaking about Val and and Jared, and I just loved it. I, I love everything about it. Even if you took the the comedic nature out, I mean, this match would hold up. The, these guys were that versatile and that talented. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Well. Speaking of talent, we got a quick peek of the Hart family house. We do have the dungeon matches taking place later tonight. Huge house. Nice it building. It's, an, it's a great house. It, it actually scares you because Stu Hart did stretch a lot of people. I mean, this guy, 
a lot of the famous legendary wrestlers, uh, superstar Billy Graham, among others, were just terrified by Stu Hart. And, and to see that house, I mean, that just uh, that gave me chills. I mean, I, I thought Stu was going to get in my ear and start, all right, you, you want me to stretch you? It almost sounds like a bad Godfather impersonation, but I, I need Bruce Pritchard, somebody who can do Stu for me. Yeah, just edit, edit Sue's voice in the mind. That, that'll be good. There you go. Well, speaking of being terrified, Dear Brown comes out with The Godfather, and this is The Godfather's new gimmick. We're happy to see Carmen Mustafa as a different character. Uh, uh, thankfully, he's The Godfather. He's he's done away with what's uh, old needs to be done away with, and we welcome the new. That's right. There you go. And uh, Dilo Brown is the current European champion. He defeated Triple H last week on Raw to win the title. And he's going to be taking on Triple H's best friend, X-Pac. And China has will be inside X-Pac's corner for this match. Here are some quick notes on this one. Dilo nails a spin kick to X-Pac and gets a two. Um, Dilo chops X-Pac. He accidentally runs into the post. X-Pac mixes a, spine, a spinning heel kick. Uh, Dilo nails a body slam and a double fist drop and gets a two. Um, Godfather nails X-Pac, but X hits Godfather. However, that interference allows Dilo to nail the sky high. Um, not a lot of action in this one. It was a good match, though. They do have their match down the line. Um, but, you know, Godfather helping out Dilo. What did you think about Dilo Brown beating X-Pac here? I thought what's remarkable, and we're visualizing two guys who are still uh, – young and respecting their careers yet x-pac had eight years of experience over d'lo brown I, I love watching the progression of both these superstars and x-pac used flexibility I, I love barring from some of the great lines of jim ross as he stated about the flexible nature of x-pac's innovation uh pertaining to his offense but d'lo had fast movement against smaller opponents and i thought they did well together and i i like that godfather assisted d'lo it's we've been seeing it play out on on it, the episodes of raw so it made a lot of sense for uh the nation to uh resort to their uh, cheating ways yeah yeah it definitely makes sense and you know again it was a good match you know xbox trying to get help for his friend but really not a lot you know to you know, cover here. It's just, you know, it's nice to see. Yeah, it's X just a good match. Brown it's, get it's, involved. Yeah, it's good to see the moving parts. I'm with you. So we have uh, Kevin Kelly and Dr. Tom Pritchard. They are backstage promoting WWF.com, and they just talk about the Undertaker. Still has not arrived to the arena, and that's scary for the tag match in the main event. It's it's not looking good. Stone nope. Cold Steve Austin, like JR said, he's the Undertaker's the conscience of the WWF. What's going on here? The Undertaker. I don't know, man. I listen. Something's Me happening either. here. The so, title. Somebody call a journalist. Kevin Kelly. Maybe higher Pritchard. power is getting involved in some way. It could be a higher power. It could be uh, voices from the grave. No one. The Undertaker. Could be. Um, Terry Funk is backstage with Bradshaw, and they're talking about their upcoming tag match. And Terry tells Bradshaw that this match, after this match, he needs to take time off. He needs six months to recharge his batteries. And Bradshaw kind of looks upset uh, at Terry, and you can kind of tell where well, this is going to lead. Uh, we have Scorpio and Farouk taking on Terry Funk and Bradshaw. And Bradshaw nails a clothesline in the corner. Uh, Terry nails a backbreaker on Farouk and gets a two count. Farouk is able to nail a backbreaker of his own and gets a two. I'm sorry, Terry nails a neckbreaker. Um, Bradshaw nails a back suplex off the top rope on Scorpio and gets a two. Terry Funks and Scorpio into the railing outside. 
Um, uh, this is cool. Terry nails him inside. Moonsault to Scorpio outside of the ring. Scorpio nails a twisting splash off the top and gets a two count. Uh, he then nails a flying leg drop and gets a two. The crowd chants boring during this match, which yeah, was, the you fans know, were harsh. They were harsh. Uh, Scorpio nails a 450 splash on Terry, and Scorpio and Farouk get the win. After the match, Bradshaw yells at Terry Funk, and Bradshaw hits Terry with a clothesline. He hits a big to Scorpio and a huge clothesline, and then uh, he hits Farouk in the back with a chair. So, a decent tag match, but this match kind of just sets up Bradshaw's heel turn, and Bradshaw's just dominant. So, what were your thoughts? Uh, I like what you pointed out that Terry Funk and, and Bradshaw had that friction backstage because it, it helped relay the kind of important information that the viewers needed, not just the fans in-house. And in- interesting enough, and watching two future APA members squaring off with Farouk and Bradshaw was uh, very compelling. And Funk can endure punishment better than anybody loved the legendary Terry Funk. Then he can get back at you making a, just a heroic comebacks and us, uh, you know, decent match. Uh, Bradshaw, those clotheslines, I'm always in awe. He wows me with how brutal they look. Mm. And Bradshaw was not, you know, he was going to lay everybody out. Didn't matter, or excuse me, didn't matter if it was Funk, Scorpio, or even Farouk himself. I mean, Bradshaw, he needed some attitude, and that's what we were seeing. 100%, Tyler. Um Bradshaw's killing it now. Like oh, his character is. before was kind of boring, but you know that this this heel he just destroyed everybody. So now you're interested to see what's next, and he yeah, just looks like a badass. Yeah, and he yeah, deserves totally. it. He's a big Texan, and so you know Funk was also a fellow Texan. But there's no loyalty. I could turn on a fellow Tennessean. Mm-hmm. He may get a close line, but it wouldn't work like JBL because for one thing, he's six feet seven, and he's a lot bigger than me. So it makes a big difference. Bradshaw would fuck everybody up. Well, speaking oh, of would. fucking people up, this next match kind of fucks things up. Mark Henry taking on Vader. Um, Vader got really heavy before this match. Um, here are some notes here. Mark Henry slams Vader and nails an elbow. Vader sits on Mark Henry and nails a splash and gets a two count. Vader hits a running splash in the corner and a clothesline and gets a two again. Um, Vader hits a slam and a flying splash and gets a two. The end comes after Mark nails a power slam and a big splash, and Mark Henry gets a three count. What was the point of this match? I mean, it was cool to see Mark Henry. Like, listen, Mark Henry looked amazing, powerful, that huge power oh, very slam. Very strong. He that lived up to the name. Huge. Um, but I just like, again, these like random matches. I know that the two of them have been going out of the past couple of weeks, but very pointless, kind of. Yeah, it didn't make a lot of sense, but I, I will say the visual is impressive. We, I mean, the stalemate, the reality that I like the story they're they're getting, that they're conveying rather to us is that both these men are massive. They're bohemian. I mean, as far as their size, and Henry picking up Vader, slamming him with ease, that power you're speaking of, and I mean, but Vader knew how to pick his spots, and it was unreal to see a man like Vader have that much athleticism taking flight, not just with moonsaults or the Vader bomb, just utilizing the ropes, but the nation continues to be dominant because, like you said, Mark Henry got the victory. Definitely. I mean, you're right. The nation domination tonight seems to be on a they're roll. They're on a roll, man. They, you probably should bet on them if you're going to do bets. And on the nation. Well, right. we're going to cover this last moment before we take our first break. Uh, the WWF Tag Team Champions, Kane and Kai, come out with Paul Bearer. 
Puppet says, Undertaker, you're nothing but a coward. Stone Cold Steve Austin, you're at the wrong place and the wrong time. They are going to finish what they started. Last week, the New Age Outlaws came out. but or, I'm sorry, last week, but then the New Age Outlaws come out. And Road Dogg says, um, since you're confident, you won't have any trouble accepting a challenge from the New Age Outlaws tomorrow night in a tag match. And then the Outlaws attack Kane and Mankind. Security has to separate the two teams. And the New Age Outlaws laid down a challenge to Kane and Mankind. Are they brave? I think they're brave. You know, Paul Bear can see into the future. I knew he was prophetic anyways. Paul's right here. I mean, you just want to beat up the guy. I mean, that is getting some heat in it. Speaking of the Attitude Era, the New Age Outlaws love them, Billy Gunn and Road Dog, and, and Kane and Mankind made a definitely, obviously, a great team. And I support these brawls, just not brawl for all. I can get behind these kind of brawls, just not the other concept. Yeah. Yeah, forget Brawl for all. And Paul, anything Paul Bear, I'm going to be a mark for because I, I love Paul Bear. He was just, he added so much, seriously, to uh, this storyline. He he was perfect. Paul Bear definitely did. He, uh, just oh, certainly conveys a message and just how, like, just the grimace on his face and everything. Yeah, but it's the facial expressions. Exactly. Definitely does. I have a facial expression here, and it's that we're going to be back. You know, it's not really a, really a facial expression. Well, speak. it's a great transition. I mean, it was. Thanks, dude. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be right back. And when we come back with our episode, we're going to be covering the top 10 movies, music, and some pop culture moments from July 1998. And then we're going to finish covering Fully Loaded. Go ahead, Tyler. Were you gonna say uh, that? No, I'm, I'm just looking forward to this portion, pop culture. I mean, because this is what was indicative of what we're talking about with, uh, pardon me, the WWF, as I'm losing my voice because Paul Bear scared me. I mean, he did. That's my excuse. But that's all I was going to add. I can totally understand this, the the tear from uh, Paul Bear's uh, face. So I guess I mean, I'm, I'm glad somebody can relate. So we're going to be right back and we'll come back and cover all that stuff. Stay tuned. You don't want to miss it. Welcome back. Uh, I am still the current longest reigning undisputed WWE pay-per-view champion of all time. The one you all came to see, the hot commodity, Ant C, and joined by my good friend and co-host. Introduce yourself, sir. Yeah, future world heavyweight champion, taking the title away from Ant, uh, Tyler Peters. Uh, it's not just in my dreams. It's going to be a reality soon. But no, Ant, just having fun. I love being on the show, doing the Attitude Years. Thank you for having me. Uh, he puts up with me if you want the truth. Look at my clothes and that great little guy. Oh, I, I, I love getting the, the tour of the room. I mean, people are getting that. Yeah. I, I just can't do the fancy walk around. That, that would be scary. So I'm in the process of hiding my hair. So that's why you see part of my, my face is uh, hiding. I'll show you my whole hair. It's terrible. So uh, there you go. Just going to hide yeah, it. Quit beating yourself up. That, that's actually a new style. Uh, it's a new style of, of what not to, not to have. Um, So... Here's what we're going to do, sir. We're traveling back in our time machines to July 1998, and we're going to be covering the top 10 movies, music, and all that fun stuff. So let's right. jump right ahead and cover movies. The top 10 movies of July 1998 coming in at number one, or I'm sorry, number 10. We have Out of Sight, and that's with Jennifer Lopez and um, George Clooney. I don't know if you've ever seen it. A career bank robber breaks out of jail and shares a moment of mutual attraction with a U.S. marshal he has kidnapped. 
Mm. I've heard of it. It sounds very uh, fascinating. And I, I can remember hearing the title and the people that you named that were a part of the cast, but still have not got a chance to uh, watch the film. But I, I need to. This will give me more to put on a list and categorize. Oh, Tyler, uh, whenever I'm searching out a movie, this is what I need to do. Out of, listen, out of sight. Yeah, there's a clips from like the Rosie O'Donnell show on TV and Jennifer Lopez is on it promoting uh, this movie with George Clooney. So, Well, hey, Jennifer Lopez, I'm in. I mean, that's all you got to say. J-Lo, and I, I'm there. Listen, I don't know it's not going to be out of sight, and I'm saying this with all kind of uh, niceness. I mean, because she is just that naturally beautiful. So she's very attractive. Um, coming at number nine is a movie called Six Days and Seven Nights, um, starring Harrison Ford and Anne Hetch. Uh, it says Robin Monroe, a New York magazine editor, and the gruff pilot Quinn Harris must put aside their mutual dislike. If they survive after a crash landing on deserted South Seas Island, uh, David Swimmer's in it. I have seen that movie. It's just been a long time because I, I was just a in school. We're talking late nineties here, and Harrison Ford, and of course Anne Hayes' uh, heart goes out to her family. We had lost her, great actress, and uh, yeah, David Swimmer of, of Friends fame, and yeah, that's a great movie. I recommend that. I mean, hey, you've got not only a talented cast, but also just the film, the story, what you laid out. It's I've just tremendous. S- I'm excited to maybe check it out. And I'm in yeah, the you need to. recording here. Hello. Um. Anyways, so I feel like I'm going to put up that fucking red thing on Full House where if the fucking red light goes on, don't come into the room. You ever see that from Full House? Yeah, where, where people can understand, hey, we're we're a little, we're in the middle of something. No, I, but hey, you do what you need to do. I'm anyways all right so yeah so that that's number uh nine number eight we have small soldiers which is a movie that i remember uh being little it's a uh, cartoon about toy soldiers that sort of go crazy and attack I, I love animation and you know there's a lot of those flicks i need to go back and revisit and i, I need to do it with that one uh, the toy soldiers yeah that's a good one those i mean obviously you're a bit older but uh well, yeah, I was a just a tad older, but not much. Uh, I still like to think I'm not just 36. I gave it away, but I'm I'm still in my 20s and, you know, a fantasy world. Number seven, there's something about Mary. Oh, that's a classic comedy. I definitely remember that one. Ben Stiller. And uh, who, who was the other? Was it Cameron Diaz? Yeah, doesn't he get his, like, penis stuck in the... Um... Uh, he does. It's the zipper, and uh, I'll tell you... That made me uh, feel for him. It was a lot of pain, and and uh, it was a struggle. But, man, Ben Stiller just comes from a legendary comedic family, Jerry Stiller and Mira. I, I just love Ben Stiller's, uh, you know, what he's been able to contribute. And also Cameron Diaz, uh, another actress I had a major crush on. And people said I've got a thing for blondes. Uh, there may be some to that, but she is just attractive. She is very attractive, Cameron Diaz. I think she's still, I haven't seen her in anything. Lately. I want to say she may have actually retired, but then I've read somewhere else where she may be making a comeback. So I don't know. I've got to verify that. We'll have to see. Number six, we have Mulan, Walt Disney's version. So yeah, that's Mulan. Classic. That was uh, a classic. And believe it or not, I haven't seen it. What is it? that, that I've watched Lion King. I've watched Aladdin, but Mulan's, I think, ranked up there pretty high. And it's you amazing. Watch it. It's good. She steps in for her dad. I know. Uh, what What's wrong with me? Number five, The Mask of Zorro. I think Antonio Banderas. Oh, I, I can, vi- I can not just vividly, I do recall this movie. Yeah, Antonio Banderas, Catherine Zeta-Jones. Wasn't it, uh, who was the one that 
the other big Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that great movie. Well, I love the story. Yes. It had romance action. Yeah. And Catherine Zeta Jones with respect to Michael Douglas, another beautiful woman. The mask of Zorro. All right. Number four, saving private Ryan. That's another good one. I oh, that's a classic, that classic movie. Yeah, go watch it. Tom Hanks and hey, shit, we need to uh, send our condolences to Tom Sizemore who passed away. He was in that movie. He just oh, okay. passed. Yeah. Tom Sizemore last night, right? Didn't he pass away last night? Yeah, he had a brain, a brain aneurysm. Uh, let me correct myself. And, and it was a hard decision for the family. So he passed away, sadly. Yeah. Rest in peace. Uh, number three, Dr. Doolittle. That's another good one. That's another classic one. Yeah, anything with Eddie Murphy and you got animals. I mean, it's got to be good. Uh, number two, Lethal Weapon 4. I haven't seen Lethal oh, Weapon. Oh, Lethal Weapon 4 is an amazing movie. Go check it out. It's got action. It's got comedy. It's got a great combination like this program. Uh, Mel Gibson, Danny Glover, Rene Russo, and uh, Jet Li, I think, is in that one. Jet Li, Lethal Weapon 4. Yep. I'll have to check it out. I haven't seen it. Um, yeah. Number one, Armageddon. Obviously, a very famous movie. Oh, that's a famous movie. The soundtrack, I think. One uh, was this the one where Steven Tyler sang the song? Because yeah, I don't was want to thing, yeah. yeah, and Bruce Willis. Uh, I can remember parts of it. I need to go back. It's like when we're reviewing these these programs. I need to uh, go back and view them because uh, it brings back some of those great memories from pop culture, even from a nostalgic uh, perspective. Nostalgia, man. Yeah, that seems to be the word you throw around a lot, Nostalgia. but it's fitting. Yeah. Well, those are the top 10 movies. I definitely have to check out some of them. We're now going to cover the top 10 songs of July 98. I don't know if I know this one, so I'm going to look it up. Number 10 is called Say It by Voices of Theory. I'd have to hear it. Uh, some some titles will resonate and others won't. So that, that's interesting. Got a soulful R and B vibe. Yeah. Yeah, I can I can remember it now, especially when they started singing and the lyrics were coming through. Uh, number nine is "My All" by Mariah Carey. Oh, I love this song. I, I got I'm a mark for Mariah Carey's music. I, not only is she beautiful, but her voice. I mean, my goodness, what a, what an angelic presence and instrument. And uh, especially, I, I like the older kind of Mariah Carey stuff. But I, I could get into "My All." That was a beautiful okay. song. I give my number eight. Yeah, Ray of Light" by Madonna. Madonna was still popular. I mean, she is uh, was still relevant even during the 1990s. Yeah, Ray of Light. I, and I'm sure once I, I would hear it and listen to it, I can recall. Oh, you don't remember Ray of Light? I do remember it. It's just some, it's weird, Ant, because some of the titles, it's like, you know how it is. You'll, you'll say, oh, that's the song. And then wait a minute, I got to kind of check it out to, uh, to get my memory to uh, recount what that was about. Oh, yeah. I'm feeling silly, of course. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So that's Ray of Light. Uh, number eight is Make It Hot by Nicole. Ooh, getting steamy. Uh, Risque. Wonder... It fits with Fully Loaded in this uh, period of WWF. Wow. All right, Nicole. Number six. Uh, I mean, yeah, you go for it, girl. Yeah. Too close by next. Oh, that was the jam, man. And I went even in clubs. I went hip. I went even cool. 
but everybody knew that song and knew the group too close by next uh, number five is adi or adia by sarah mclaughlin oh sarah mclaughlin just speaking of uh having songs about angels and and loving animals and and uh just had a wonderful voice sarah mclaughlin uh was awesome she was um this is uh from the movie Godzilla Come With Me by Diddy. Um, I don't know it. And they're not. I don't know it very well. I can remember though when it was what was it? MTV had TRL and this would be yep. one of the one of the videos. So that that's how come that's uh becoming relevant to me when you were um, discussing it. Oh wait. I don't know if that's it or not. I don't know. We'll have to Oh, that, that's all right. Yeah, we'll have to do further uh, homework on it. TRL and we're TRL. Number three is My Way by Usher. Oh, yeah, Usher. My Way. I mean, he, he was so popular. And uh, yeah, My Way. What's that one song, Make You Wanna? That was another big Make You Wanna. That's a good yeah, one. That was great. One. Yeah. So I knew it. Yeah, oh, yeah, very catchy. He just had a great, soulful voice and vibe about him, I guess is how you would describe it. Yeah, that was uh, that's a throwback, man. I'm gonna have to start jamming these songs after. Yeah, dude. Recording. Number two, you're still the one by Shania Twain. That's Shania a great Twain, song. Shania Twain, I'm still the one for her. I've still got a crush on her. She was still very the one talented. I yeah. Two very uh, one that I do crafted song, and uh, it didn't help that she didn't hurt in the looks department. She still looks great. Mm, sure does man and then coming at number one the boy is mine brandy and monica still the summer of brandy and monica huh it is uh brandy and monica this song i definitely remember and it was cool because they were the song was telling them arguing over the you know the boy the boyfriend the boy is mine that's the gist of the song and i always remember the video just as much as hearing it just the yeah. audio on radio so another classic great song and then for pop culture moments i don't have a lot here for july 98 i only have two one moment comes from july 24th wwf warzone is released on playstation uh so you could play as stone Cold steve Austin, yeah, and Shawn michaels the undertaker characters. yep uh so that was cool on july 29th the parent trap from disney is released to theaters and that movie is popular obviously it- just for who was in it? Lindsay Lohan. Oh, Lindsay Lohan. Yep, they go to summer camp, and then they're the sisters, and they switch lives. I've seen bits and pieces of it. Need to go back and watch it all entirely, all the way through, though. It's a classic. But listen, I wish I was back in July '98. You get *Lethal uh, Weapon* four, *Doctor Doolittle*. I really have to go back and watch all of these movies I haven't seen because there's so many that I haven't seen that I really just need to sit through and watch. I mean, that's me as well. That's me. Well, speaking of me and us, we're going to go back to Fully Loaded in Your House 1998, and we're pulling things right back to where we were. Lead LOD 2000 is going to be taking on DOA with Paul Ellering by their side. DOA, we know, has sort of, you know, Paul Ellering has sort of screwed over uh, the Road Warriors LOD, and now yeah, he's, he's, he's been an evil DOA. person. He's been a stickler, that bad guy. So, um... LOD 2000 nailed double elbows, uh, or I'm sorry, DOA nailed double elbows to Animal to start off the match. Uh, Hawk chops and punches uh, a skull outside, and Animal nails a drop kick. Hawk accidentally runs into the post, and eight ball stomps away outside and tosses Hawk into the steps, allowing Ellering to stop on Hawk outside. 
Harley trips Hawk inside the ring and Skull chokes him. April hits a backbreaker on Hawk and then Hawk clotheslines both men. LOD hit a doomsday device with Paul Ring pulls Skull. I'm sorry, Paul pulls Hawk off and Skull runs in and hits a DET and gets a three count. So Paul Ring helping DOA get the win. Those were a mouthful of words there. Hello. Yeah, it was a mouthful and you did a superb job. I, thank you. But I didn't have to do all that. Uh, oh, no. Way. But hey, Ellering was the uh, the MVP of this feud. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he truly was. There's no technical wrestling going to be involved between these two tandems when uh, talking about DOA or LOD 2000. That, apparently, they needed an update for a few years into the future. But a deranged, uh, the term fits Paul Ellering. I, I love the lines by JR because he's my hero in broadcasting. And just that, that was appropriate because Ellering was like a madman. Mm-hmm. He was, uh, the interfering was... Uh, just classic. And I know, Anthony, we've been critical since the culmination, since this feud oh, commenced yeah. between both these teams. But they they put together a solid contest. Maybe they just needed Paul Ellering again. Yeah, like this match wasn't terrible, but it's just like. Yeah, it's kind there of are a lot of matches builder. on this card. There are a lot of matches. And wrestling twins always cause problems. Just ask the Hebners. I mean, DOA did it perfectly. They they rolled in the other brother who looks alike. Listen. Well, Speaking of trouble, Vince McMahon, Pat Patterson, Joe Briscoe, and Sergeant Slaughter all come out to the ring. And Vince says, Stone Cold Steve Austin, don't blame Vince McMahon. On the wall, Stone Cold almost decapitated the Undertaker with a steel chair, not Vince McMahon. We've seen Stone Cold Steve Austin make hand gestures directed towards the Undertaker. Stone Cold has provoked the Undertaker. If Undertaker no shows tonight, don't blame me. The brand new guy is Stone Cold Steve Austin. He's like the card is subject to change, and then he grabs the program. In the ugly event that Undertaker no shows, I will order a suitable substitution for the main event, and the partner for Stone Cold Steve Austin will be the Brooklyn Brawler, Steve Lombardi. I can't believe it. It was a Brooklyn Brawler. I I thought it was great. Yeah, I I think Brooklyn Brawler should have been in the main event. Come on. I mean, Steve Lombardi, a, he's an all-star. He's a Hall of Famer, or maybe he should be in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. But I thought, and does Vince McMahon already want to sell in this promo? People should bow in his corporate presence. I mean, I feel like they're ungrateful. I'm on a tangent. Stone Cold Steve Austin should be blamed. Where is Undertaker? Uh, people need to respect McMahon, be silent. Vince orders, you know, you talked about it. The Brooklyn Brawler of all people. I mean, I was astonished. I was amazed. And I was so disappointed and actually relieved in the same sentence or thought, per se, that he was not involved in the main event. And I, I like Brooklyn Brawler, but not – of course, this was a nice swerve. And uh, that's all I'm going to add. I just – I think Vince McMahon is just – speaking of heroes, uh, you know, this guy, he's a trailblazer for a reason. And uh, he proves it with the promos. Patterson didn't trip him like King said. And, and Gerald Briscoe, Mr. McMahon, you know, loved Gerald Briscoe. Mr. McMahon. Um, yeah, this is a good promo to, pro, to kind of set us up for the main event. Um, our next match, we're going to the Hart House. It's a special dungeon match with guest referee Dan the B7, Owen Hart, taking on Ken Shamrock. Here are notes from this match. Both men go for submissions to start. Ken kicks Owen to the wall and throws Owen Hart. Owen sends Ken Shamrock into the wall himself and bounces his head off the wall. Um... Owen Hart uses a wall of pipes to nail a hurricane Rana. Um, 
only puts Ken Shamrock's head through the ceiling, and then he applies a sharpshooter. Ken nails a kick, and he accidentally uh, kicks Dan Severn. Uh, Owen nails Ken Shamrock with a dumbbell, and he applies a submission, and Severn calls for the bell. Owen Hart getting the win. This is actually a pretty good match. I was surprised. I didn't think I was going to like this one, but uh, what are your thoughts on this one? Oh, it was pretty good. I I would concur. I, I think Owen and Shamrock taking each other down, there was a lot of action. Even getting ahead of myself before, seeing that visual of Ken Shamrock walking down the steps was horrifying. I mean, he looked intense. He was ready to rip Owen's head off. Having Dan Severn was a nice touch uh, with all the history that relates to all three of these individuals. But what a throw is correct, as they said on commentary. Owen was a great opportunist with the low blows. And if walls could talk would be the question, because these guys were utilizing those wooden walls. And if uh, I thought there for a second, I don't know if it was uh, Owen or Ken Shamrock who could have looked like their head could have went through one of the rooms and they could have said hello to uh, the, the late great Owen and Helen Hart, but that that's uh, put in mildly or mildly. Let me reset. it. But Hart was a genius at just man gaining these opportunities and, and Owen telegraphed Shamrock. It was uh it was very uh, action-packed. Yeah, I definitely thought for a gimmicky match that this mm-hmm. this rivalry needed to kind of have this. And there's more to come between the two of them. But go ahead, man. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, and, and a dumbbell was found guilty. It was the perpetrator. And and like you said, Owen counting that fall because wasn't it Severin that got inadvertently kicked by Shamrock earlier on? Yeah, I think for a for, for the match to be the way it was, I thought it was very good. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I'm excited to see what's more to come here. With Dan Severn getting hit, there's definitely going to be issues with Ken Shamrock yeah, and Dan. The beast before Brock Lesnar is going to have some issues with, uh, with Shamrock. Not going to be good. Well, speaking of not going to be good, this is going to be actually a great match. The WWF Intercontinental Championship is on the line in a two-out-of-three falls match. The champion, The Rock, with the Nation of Domination, uh, is taking on the game Triple H with DX. However, Sergeant Slaughter kicks out both Nation and DX members, except for China, who will be at ringside for this match. Here are the notes on this one. Triple H nails a clothesline, and China punches The Rock. Triple H slams The Rock on the floor, which, you know, outside attacks are always good when you're trying yeah, to Yeah, it always title. helps. You know, let me move my bell, actually. You know, WrestleMania season's here, and I want to make sure that everybody knows. Yeah, yeah, just gloating. I, I see him. You know, yeah, just represent that and, and hold the belt up. So here are some more notes. Sorry. Um, So uh, Rock tosses Triple H into the steps, and the Rock drops H's neck across the railing. Rock hits a slam outside, and Mark Henry yells a splash at Triple H. Billy Gunn then punches Mark Henry off of Triple H. The Rock hits Triple H with, with the air kind of title and gets a two. Rock hits a swinging neckbreaker and gets a two count. Triple H nails a knee lift, but the Rock hot shots Triple H into the ropes. The Godfather walks down, but the Major will stop him. Um, Daniel Brown tries to get involved, but Triple H drops him, and that distraction leads to the Rock to nail a rock bottom, and the Rock wins the first fall. The second fall starts. And Rock tosses Triple H into the railing, who nails who the Rock then nails a clothesline. Uh, both men nail a double clothesline. Dio climbs the apron, but China tosses him into the railing. X Pac hits an X factor on the Rock. Triple H pins Rock and gets a two. Triple H has a chair. Rock accidentally hits the referee with a steel chair. China lowers the Rock. DDT onto the chair by Triple H, and Triple H gets the second pinfall victory. 
In the third fall comes, uh, Rock nails a Samoan drop and he gets a two count. Triple H nails a pedigree. And before anything can happen, the referee calls for the bell. The 30 minutes are over and there's been a time limit draw. Triple H does not win the title. Uh, after the Mastination attack Triple H until DX make the save. So what were your thoughts on this really great uh, Trevor Falls match? Oh, it, it was a impeccable match. One of the best all-time rivalries. I know a lot of people put the Rock and Stone Cold, and rightfully so, but you cannot take anything away from the chemistry that the Rock and Triple H had. And, and everything from expressions, you mentioned it earlier on, and the timing as it relates to both these icons was just impeccable. It, it was unreal. And the wrestlers have to shine up their opposition. I, I like how China got involved, punched the rock. You know, I felt sorry for the rock if I'm going to go heel. But, you know, let's fight all over. There there was controlled movements. Uh, Rocky just, I mean, stepping into those punches. Like I said, the game always having a plan. And, uh, you know, having Mark Henry come down, Billy Gunn were all – you know, intangibles and the rock hitting that DDT with that out of that counter was just incredible. And it's the Godfather, like you mentioned earlier too previously, and it's not Marlon Brando, but it's that Godfather and the outlaw stopping, you know, D'Lo would try and Triple H got him with the European title. And I, I like how it evened up the scores. What's with the uh, Spanish announce table? They they are having bad luck because it's a flying Triple H. His head went in the of the rock. Yeah. And seeing X-Pac get involved in China doing the low blood, doing the rock dirty. What's her problem? Obviously a lot. Uh, I just thought it was had good action, but good storytelling. These guys just know how to execute any match greatly. I know I went a little lengthy, yep. but I, no, you're fine. This match went lengthy, so you had to kind of do yeah. highlight. And I liked I liked how like each like nation member and DX member sort of got involved. And there was like there was a reason there's gonna be more to this feud, and I like how it made sense. Yeah, where there was logic, actually, you know, mm. absolutely. But actually, too, that'll work, too. Speaking of logic, The Undertaker shows up backstage. He arrived in the arena, so logically, he's here to compete. Uh, that's exciting. Uh, we have oh, a match. It's very exciting. Very exciting. The dead man's here. I mean, I'm scared for my life. Uh, I am, I, I'm ready to move out of my chair. I mean, even if he's not in my house, just the, the, the mention of The Undertaker's The Undertaker. Tyler, your match of the night is here. The bikini contest. We've made it. Jacqueline with Marvelous Mark Marrow taking on Sable. Before the match, Dustin Reynolds comes out and he says a prayer. And uh, he's basically asking God to forgive these lost souls for participating. He, he does. And, in and the as a man of faith, I can appreciate that. But even though I like Jerry the King Lawler, I'm like, and, and Mark Marrow, just we, we don't need you guys. Just give us the ladies. Give us the ladies. Well, here's the ladies that come out. Jacqueline strips, and she is wearing a red bikini, and she's dancing, and she looks pretty good. You know, Jacqueline looks great. She's been seeing Hawaii lately, so she looks really good. Oh, yeah, she looks great. I mean, and so does Sable. But both these are stunning, very attractive. Go ahead. No, you're fine. And then Sable um, strips, but she's still wearing a shirt. And Sable says, you know, I know it's because of Vince McMahon. Vince wanted me to dress conservatively tonight. But anything can happen in the WWF. And then oh, Sable takes off her shirt and she has doesn't have a bikini on. She has oh. two painted handprints. It's uh, two handprints. And I said, with all due respect to Jackie, I just put two words. Handprints win. That's all. 100%. Uh, she walks around. Jerry Lawler freaks out. The fans freak out. 
Um, Miro tells her to cover up. The fans pop hard. Uh, Sable gets the victory. Afterwards, Vince McMahon comes down and he puts his jacket on Sable and makes her leave. So, uh, what would you think? That was a shame in Vince McMahon. I thought he, he should have done right and done better, but I get it. He's got a company to protect. But, oh, I, I loved it. One of my favorite moments. And I know we have fun with it, but seriously, attractive ladies, talented. And this was just a representation of the times. I mean, they were, you know, I, I felt bad if you had kids in the audience because they were definitely pushing the envelope and, and then some uh, with this kind of or these kind of segments, pardon me. And Jerry the King Lawler was just so hysterical. Mero having to cover up like it mattered to him. And, uh, yeah, it was it was very uh, – uh, it's hard to think of the word because uh, when when each of them uh, were showing their bikinis, I was uh, I went into another place. Uh, I don't mind telling you, you're going to have to help me out. I'm I'm getting distracted already. Just and oh. I just watched it last night. I, I, I might uh, I might need to. T- I mean, we are the uncensored processing podcast, but I mean, we might need to uh, censor it a little bit. Yeah, we we may have to have the the right to censor the future right to censor. I mean, listen, here's the best way I could censor this: Brock Lesnar. Yeah, Brock Lesnar is a is a lucky man, and I respect him. And yeah, because he is actually married to Sable, and Jackie, like you said, you look at her pictures. They these women keep in just tremendous condition, and uh, I mean they were just beautiful. I mean not only with the sexualization. I mean you say what you want to, and and I know there's controversy, but hey, like I'm not gonna watch this match. Come on, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm realistic. Listen, I feel you. This is a good match. Now yeah, exciting to see what happens. Well, we have made to our main event for the WWF Tag Team Championships on the line. The champions, King of Mankind, with Paul Bieber taking on the WWF champion, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and his opponent for SummerSlam, The Undertaker. Let's go over some quick notes here. Austin and Undertaker attack King of Mankind outside. Austin nails a Dez press to Kane, and then Stone Cold punches Kane off the apron and attacks him on the ramp. Undertaker nails an old school to Mankind, and Kane chokeslams the Undertaker. Mankind clotheslines the Undertaker to the outside. Stone Cold knocks Mankind off the apron onto the announced table. Uh, and then Undertaker nails a backdrop to Mankind outside of the ring as well. Um, Austin's tagged in, and he attacks both Kane and Mankind. Austin nails Kane with a chair and gets a two count. Kane tosses Stone Cold hard into the ring post. Kane hits a choke slam, and Austin hits a stunner. Stunner to Mankind. Austin finally gets the tag to The Undertaker. Undertaker choke slams Kane, choke slams Mankind, then hits a tombstone to Kane. Undertaker, I'm sorry, Stone Cold clotheslines Mankind outside. And after the tombstone to Kane, Undertaker pins Kane. And the new tag team champions are The Undertaker and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Undertaker leads with both tag team titles. And Austin is looking like, what is going on? That's my belt. What did you think of this match? I loved it from the standpoint that not only did you not know if Undertaker was going to show up, and I like how they they built it to, what, 20 minutes? Mm-hmm. And then to have him do the right thing by Stone Cold Steve Austin. So we thought until he took those two tag belts out. And, hey, Kane and Mankind, there's a reason they were tag team champions and a formidable tag team because they were that good. And Austin and Taker made it work. I I love the the entrances. These are two of my all-time favorite as far as The Undertaker and and Steve Austin. And I liked how we get to see old school. 
performed by Undertaker where he walks the ropes. That's a big guy who's athletic doing the move, but it never gets tiring. And Mankind always hits tables with his hip. He's always taking these death-defying bumps. And a Stone Cold Strikes, Nels Kane. I mean, there's carnage everywhere. But in the end, the finale, Undertaker does uh, tag in and tombstone uh, Kane and takes out Mankind in the process. So he, he ultimately does the correct thing. But in the end, though, he kind of does the opposite of it. So it really added more to the the mystery, that conspiracy we've been uh, talking about as because that's what they're, you know, that's what they're depicting on uh, these episodes of Raw and the pay-per-views as well. Yeah, man. It's like we still don't know, like, is under our Undertaker and Kane working together? And they, are they in cahoots? Yeah, um, who knows? But listen, man, after this pay-per-view, we are now officially on the highway to hell. We are on yeah, the we're, we're getting closer SummerSlam. to ACDC. Yeah, SummerSlam and Madison Square Garden. Yep, I was in Madison Square Garden. I'm actually the world's most famous arena. Oh, um, it is. In 1998, I mean, listen, this is a great card. Before we go, what, what was your favorite moment or match of the night? Uh, favorite match? Yeah, there, it was fully loaded. There was a lot of uh, excitement. I'll tell you, the Triple H rock match. I was going to say that yeah, one. Yeah, I, I can't help it. I know everybody's going, oh, he's going to pick Sable and Jacqueline. Well, to be humorous, I would have. I mean, it definitely was a highlight. I'm not going to lie. But as far as in-ring quality and, and the storylines, I know it's not the main event, but Triple H and The Rock just, they sold me. That had to be a highlight. They really did. They did a great job. Uh, they sold me as well. And uh, yeah, I agree. That was the uh, the match of the um, of the night for me too. Well, listen, Fully in Your House is definitely fully loaded. We have a couple more episodes of Raw's where to get through. And then we are live at SummerSlam 98. A lot more matches closer. to be made. We're getting closer. Tyler, thank you for joining me. Oh, you're so welcome. I'm glad to be here. It's been a lot of fun. Of course, my man. We're definitely killing it. I want to thank everyone for tuning in. Stay safe, y'all, and stay uncensored. Bye.